Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Let's Talk It Out. This is your host, Ileana Urquia, and today we are continuing with session 12 of Bible study. So let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, Lord, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. Okay, so we are starting today in Matthew chapter 19. So open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19. And we will be talking about marriage and divorce. So what does Jesus say about that? So the Pharisees again, here they come asking Jesus all these questions to see what he says. So when Jesus finished these words, he left Galilee and went to the district of Judea across the Jordan. Great crowds followed him and he cured them there. Some Pharisees approached him and tested him saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human must, or no human being must separate them. And they said to him, "Then why did Moses command the man?" to give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her. And he said to them, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but not, but from the beginning, it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if that is a case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Okay, so let us pause right there and uh, let's take some notes. So, here again, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they ask him this question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause, whatever? And he said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female? Um... So Jesus is talking about here, obviously, uh, marriage between a woman and a man, or a man and a woman. And for that reason, and said, for that reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. So over here, we're talking about marriage in church. We're not talking about marriage um legal marriage because in the eyes of the church or the catholic church if you're legally married you're technically not married um that is more in a legal sense so um when it comes down to uh being legally married and you're not married in church uh you're technically not married in the eyes of god so uh, therefore what god has joined together no human being must separate so if you're married in church then this this applies to you and they said to him then why did moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her and he said to them because of the hardness of your hearts 
Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, so unlawful um, means marrying someone uh, such as your brother or sister or, you know, some relative. Um, so that was, uh, you know, that was the meaning of unlawful marriage. And marries another commits adultery. And then his disciples said to him, If that is a case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this. Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. So, uh, once again, Jesus is talking about marriage, um, and the Catholic Church takes marriage very, very seriously. So, um, marriage is something serious. It's a sacrament. It's something uh, sacred. So um, if you're thinking about marriage, you have to go through this process and get to know this person first. And obviously the whole point is um, him drawing you closer to God and you drawing him closer uh, to God. So, you know, growing together spiritually. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is hard <laughs> as a woman nowadays um, to, uh, I guess in a sense, uh, find that person um, that is for you, that that's going to help you grow spiritually um, and that you guys are going to help each other and support each other in this uh, spiritual journey. So yeah, think about it, you know, when it comes down to getting to know someone and marrying that person because it is something uh, very serious. So um Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. And, uh, oh, sorry. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so. Some because they were made so by others. And some because they have renounced marriage. Okay, so we're going back to uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. That's where I left off. Some are incapable of marriage. Uh, meaning, probably people who... Um, you know, maybe have a, a, or disabled or, you know, they're not, they're not able to like marry um, because they have like mental problems or a very difficult situation in, in which they cannot um, marry. Uh, so some are incapable of marriage because they were born uh, and some because they were made by others and some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, meaning priests, people such as uh, priests or nuns, or uh, there's even people who don't even become nuns or priests and they want to live their life for God as a single person. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. The blessing of the children. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked them, but Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not and do not prevent them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After he placed his hands on them, he went away. The rich young man. Now someone approached him and said, Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? He answered him, Why do you ask me about the good? There is only one good who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He asked him, Which ones? And Jesus replied, 
You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All of these I have observed. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this statement, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Okay, so here we see that um, obviously this young man was um, in some way attached to the money. He he loved money, so maybe he did have a lot of uh, money. He was a rich person, and um, his heart was more attached to these uh I guess, material things and, and love of money. Um, so Jesus knew that, and that's why he said that to him. So the young man heard this statement, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So it was hard for him to um, give that up. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so pause here. I know this is hard to understand for some. So um, Jesus here is kind of uh, in a way explaining in a difficult, I guess, sense or way. Um, he says, Amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Um, so when he says the eye of a needle, he's meaning a low or a narrow gate, um, meaning that it's not easy to follow God. Well, for many of us, it's not easy to follow God because, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to leave behind or let go of. And uh, he's saying that um, in that sense. So when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for human beings, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible, meaning we can't do this by ourselves. We always have to be dependent, dependent of uh, God. Then Peter said to him in reply, We have given up everything and followed you. What will there be for us? Jesus said to them. Okay, so now we're uh, the disciples are actually speaking to Jesus. And they're saying, We have given up everything and followed you. What will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you that you have followed me in the new age. When the Son of Man is seated on this throne of glory, will yourselves sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tri tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for the sake of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. So, um, when Jesus uh, talks about the new age, he, he's referring to the time after uh, the resurrection, when the twelve will govern the true Israel, uh, the church of uh, Jesus Christ. Um, 
And then he goes on and, and says, the son of man will be seated on his throne of glory, um, which is a language that Matthew uses in uh, Matthew 25, verse 31, for the time of final judgment. Okay, so now we are entering in Matthew chapter 20. The workers in the vineyard, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you two go into my vineyard and I will give you what it, what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, he found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You two go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said this to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they had or they would receive more. But each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the, and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Generous. Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. So this is a, another way of Jesus um, obviously explaining what he was saying to the disciples um, in uh, Matthew uh, verse 30, chapter 19, verse 30, where he said, but many who are first will be last and last will be first. The third prediction of the passion. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scrooged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. So, um, again, we see here that... Um, Jesus is once more um, talking about uh, his passion and uh, he's saying that he's going to be raised on the third day, uh, meaning him, Jesus. The request of James and John. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached him with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, what do you wish? She answered him. Command that these two son of mine sit one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, you do not know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? They said to him, we can. He replied, my cup you will indeed drink. 
but to set up my right and my left this is not mine to give but is but is for those whom it has been prepared by my father meaning uh god so you can highlight there and put god by my father he's talking about god the father when when the 10 heard this they became they became indignant at the two brothers but jesus summoned them and said you know that the rulers of the gentiles lord lord it over them and the great ones make their authority over them over them felt but it shall not be so among you rather whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant whoever wishes to be among you you shall be your slave just so the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many the healing of two blind men as they left jericho a great crowd followed him and two blind men were sitting by the roadside and when they heard that jesus was passing by they cried out lord son of david have pity on us the crowd warned them to be silent but they called out all more lord son of david have pity on us jesus stopped and called them and said what do you want me to do for you they answered him lord let our eyes be opened moved with pity jesus touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him okay so we are ending now with session 12 of bible study and tomorrow we will continue with chapter 21 of bible study so uh let us end with a prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen lord jesus christ we ask you to bless us we ask you that uh, your precious blood may come upon every single bible study that i'm doing i ask you lord that if there's anything that is trying to maybe draw us away from you any obstacle in our lives that is not letting us get closer to you, that you draw it away, Lord, that you take it away from our lives so that we may grow spiritually, that no money, no possession or anything materialistic or anything emotional or spiritual or whatever it is or whoever it is uh, may not draw us away from you. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.